order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan. How, how are, are you? you? How are you? I'm good. I just can't believe how this year has flown by. And, and as the calendar days tick off, we approach November 5th. You know what day that is? Thanksgiving. <laughs> In Canada? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, but I am looking forward to Thanksgiving. Best holiday of the year. You're, uh, you're going to go with Thanksgiving as the best holiday? Well, no. Like I'd probably say Christmas, but Thanksgiving is so good. I love Thanksgiving. You know, you wake up, you watch the parade, you sit around, you think about Christmas, and then you eat the largest meal of your life. Yeah. And then you sit on the couch and think, why? <laughs> and then why? you eat more after. Yeah, you eat dessert. You eat dessert. Okay. You, you know. And then you're like, man, I can't wait for next Thanksgiving. Well, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for Thanksgiving. Although That's I, right. I, I am on the same Thanksgiving train as you are. Yeah. I am looking forward to it. But no, I'm talking about November 5th being a... Little known holiday that we don't celebrate here in the United States, <laughs> Guy Fawkes Day. Yes. Now, this is going to be a fun episode. That it is. Right? Not just because I am fascinated by this story. Yeah. But we're going to talk a little bit about Guy Fawkes, and we're going to then bring in uh, that, that feature film, V for Vendetta. But then we're going to get into treason, sedition, and subversive activities here in the United States. So okay. It's fun. It's going to be it's fun. very fun. This is not your Thanksgiving podcast, though. No. No. So- Let's just talk briefly for those we'll of you. We'll be talking about turkey lawsuits in that one. <laughs> for those of you who don't know who Guy Fawkes is, if you've ever seen um, that group Anonymous, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about, yes. like the hackers. Yes. They wear those uh, white masks with you know the eyebrows and the and the, the face facial features. That's a Guy Fawkes mask, and and it's come to stand for a symbol of. Um, what would you call the, the? What would you say? Not uh, uh, rebellion. I would say rebellion. Or, you yeah, know, that kind of a thing. It's not necessarily anarchy, but it is um, combating the established ways and mm -hmm. and fighting against oppression, things like that. So that's what it's come to mean. But Guy Fawkes himself um, was quite the character. Now, now Guy Fawkes Day is, like I said, observed in the United Kingdom, England. Uh, every year on November 5th. It's also called Bonfire Night or, or Fireworks Night. But the whole point of this is that it commemorates the failed assassination attempt from over 400 years ago, right? We're still 400 years. Yeah. Well, on November 5th, 1605, Guy Fawkes and a group of radical English Catholics tried to assass assassinate King James I by blowing up Parliament's House of Lords. Um, everything was, was looking good for them. It was going to be quite the blast. Uh, but unfortunately for them, they were caught and not unfortunately for the, for the, yeah. uh, the house this of Lords, a, but for Guy Fox, yeah. he, he gets, he gets caught. Um, and then he is killed. Um, and they light bonfires cause I'm pretty sure they set him on fire, which <laughs> is, uh, part of it. But, yeah, what he had, had what he had done is he had taken kegs of gunpowder, right, and he put them under Parliament, and the whole plan was he was going to guard the explosives, and then they were going to blow it up. Yeah, but he got caught, then he got questioned, tortured, he confessed over the course of the next few days um, that he was going to blow up the House of Lords, and then he was executed on January thirty first. 
Uh, oh, actually, no, he wasn't. I take that back. He fell from uh, the scaffold where they were going to hang him, and he broke his neck. So yeah. he was about to be executed, and he, and he fell. So right. fortunately for him, he avoided that because back at that time, not only would they hang you, but then they would. It's, it was called hang, drawn, and quartered. So they'd hang you, put you on a table, stretch you out, and cut you into pieces. Wow. Yeah. It's brutal. been harsh. It is yeah. Well, he did try to blow up Parliament. True. Although I remember the story a bit differently. I remember it being a dystopian future or something, and there was a guy in a mask, and he was super good at, like, fighting. This is a very different story. Than what a segue. This is a very different story. It's an amazing segue. Thank yes. you. Yeah, so... You know, the, I think most people be, became familiar with Guy Fawkes, most United States, yes, you know, right, you know, U.S. citizens, right, um, through that film, which was a 2005 film, V for Vendetta, yes, and and the film is really, I mean, I I happen to really like it. Yeah, I think it's good, it's very good. I think that it was a, a very well done. Film, it, it really, before we get into it, it stars Hugo Weaving. Do you know who Hugo Weaving is? I don't know who Hugo Weaving is. I'm pretty sure you do. I'm showing you a picture of Hugo Weaving right now. I don't know who he is. You don't know Mr. Anderson? No. Oh, is he from The Matrix? Yes. Oh. And he was also in Lord of the Rings. Huh. I didn't realize that from looking at him. That's an awful picture of him. That looks nothing like him. Well, I didn't take it. Well, yeah, okay. But he was was <laughs> V. He was the character V. Yes. Now, you don't see V's face throughout the movie because he was horribly burned. But the, you're right about this This film being about a dystopian future in England where, and I'm just going to summarize it, and then you correct me if I'm wrong. It's after a nuclear war, and um, the government has essentially taken over, and now they control everything, and they have eliminated freedoms i can't remember what the um the main villain's name was or what his position was do you remember who that was that who's like the um he was like a hitler character i just cannot remember what they called his position i don't remember yeah but anyway so he was in charge and it was him and his political party um and they were massively oppressing the people at the time and you know it, like um there was one character who was was gay, but he had to hide it. And then he had right. um, artifacts and things from prior to the nuclear war, records and music and mm -hmm. art, and all that was contraband. Yeah. And and so this was, you know, a a future like a 1984. Yeah. Right. Really, really horrible. And mm -hmm. uh, it it features the story of Natalie Portman, who um, plays this young woman. Uh, who is just living oppressed until she meets this character V. Right. And and V is anti-establishment. He he mm -hmm. fights for freedom and ultimately, if you haven't seen the film, cover your ears, blows up parliament and and it's about um fighting against oppression, right? I mean in all forms, I think the symbolism of the movie, it, it actually was a comic book, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think it started as a graphic novel. Right. A comic book. Right. No, a graphic novel. Um, um, 1970s comic book. That's in my mind, but it's a graphic novel yes. these days. 
Um, yeah, that's the that's the you know cool name for cool it name. to show you. No, no, no. This is not a comic book. This is a graphic novel. There's nothing comic about no, it. No, no, no. Take it seriously. Yeah. No, it, and it is. No, no, it is serious and it is cool. It's a very great yeah movie. I I love it. I think it's great, and I think that the message behind it is, you know, not hey go set your governmental buildings <laughs> on fire, but it's about fighting against oppression right. on all fronts. Yes. And and so obviously um, he tries to take down that government in the UK and, and bring people back their freedoms. And mm-hmm. he does it by uh, interrupting the broadcast of the, the government uh, television network and things like that. It's also very similar to... Uh, well, all right, we talked about it being similar to uh, 1984, but give me another movie that it's slightly similar to. Dig deep in your memory banks. Deep in my memory. Um, he goes on television and he tells the people, this isn't the right way, they're lying to you, the government's lying to you, the network is lying to you. Running Man. Running Man. Yes. The, great, the greatest movie. You're, that's the greatest well, movie? Well, maybe not the greatest movie, but... One of the greatest movies. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Stephen King novel turned into a movie. Yes. The Running Man. And again, it has the same themes in it, which is oppression. Yes. And it's unlike revenge movies, right? Because I I think when I think of revenge movies, I think of things like The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Where, yeah, he's, he's really upset at certain people. But it's not the entire establishment. Mm-hmm. But Running Man, another dystopian future, um, nineteen eighty four, and and V for Vendetta really stand out as films that that focus on, hey, if the government is being oppressive or wrong, yeah, we need to do something. And you can you can translate this, or or this can be correlated with real events. Like, for example, uh, the Russian Revolution in the 90s, we'll call it the Russian Revolution, the fall of the Soviet Union, where enough people, you know, this is the time of, of Reagan and Gorbachev, um, enough people in the Soviet Union said, we don't want to be oppressed anymore. And they fought against the Soviet control at that time and tore down the, the Berlin Wall, became free. That you know, So it, it, it happens in real life. Um, so if you haven't seen V for Vendetta and you're interested in this type of rebellion movie, yeah, it's good. It's also very similar to Andor. Oh, my gosh. And I know this is completely fictional, but Andor and Rogue One. Yeah. Star Wars. Again, I mean, the whole idea behind the rebellion in Star Wars, like, I, I think back, I know I'm going off the rails, but when I think back to the 1977 film and when, when I was a kid watching it, and then as I grew up with it, it never truly dawned on me until I was much older what the reb- rebels and the rebellion really was. Mm-hmm. You know, I just saw it as good guys versus bad guys. Right. But Andor, that new Disney Plus series, which... I got to tell you, I did not like it for the first few episodes. Oh, really? It was super boring. I don't know. I, I always found it interesting. I think that the boring parts were just to set up all these characters. I think it was boring, but um, I think that now it's really turned yeah. a corner because I'm not going to spoil this because it's a current show. Right. 
but it really shows why someone would want to rebel mm-hmm. against the empire. Yeah. And it's it's another one like this. So if you like those sorts of stories and haven't seen V for Vendetta, you definitely should check it out. Um, and that, you know, ties into this whole thing of, of Guy Fawkes Day. So now people, as we were saying earlier, now people use this Guy Fawkes mask, which V for Vendetta used in the film, really as a symbol of protest against tyranny. Um, so it's very interesting. And, yeah. and there's a poem, a very famous poem. This is a real poem. It's not a, a fictional mm-hmm. movie poem. Right. There's a, not about V for Vendetta. It's right. about Guy Fawkes. They mention it in the film. Yeah. But this is, this is the actual poem. You know the poem, right? That's right. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Yeah, it's a cool And then poem. it keeps going on, but that's just the beginning. Yeah, so, you know, if you're interested in it, check out the history. I happen to love history. Do you? I do, and I, I think that... I think it's boring. No. <laughs> history's awesome, and I love watching, like, documentaries and history shows and stuff. Yeah. So if you're interested in any of, of this, what we're talking about with Guy Fawkes, check it out, you know, do some research, look things up. Um, it's really a fascinating thing because you have to understand... Not that we're going to just dive off into a history lesson, but mm-hmm. you have to understand that um, Guy Fawkes, by the way, his real name was Guido Fawkes. Um, it's a less cool name. Yeah, he was, at one point, he, he fought for the Spanish, and uh, he was a member of a group of provincial English Catholics, um, and they were fighting against the Protestants, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So it, there's there's a, a religious historical component to this. Um, there's a historical historical component to it. And then there's a movie buff component. So yeah. any of these things, if you're interested, I encourage you to, to dig a little bit deeper and look into it. But did you know that in the United States, there are laws about treason sedition and uh, subversive activities i did not know that you probably did yeah i probably did but this is a segue into you telling me about these treason laws so let's pretend that i don't know about it okay well let me educate you okay on this so i think the one that that is most common is treason now all of these are contained in uh the united states code it's 18 usc and it's under chapter 115 just in case you need some bathroom reading yeah that's right right yeah i'll Um, go i'll go right now i have it in my pocket the uh small size constitution the the cliff notes guide to uh, 18 usc chapter 115 but of the ones that um most people know it's treason treason's the one by the way of the most serious of all federal crimes in this country Mm. it's actually punishable by death under certain circumstances being accused of treason sedition or subversive activity is like a real thing and it's serious it can ruin your life you can be arrested you could you could be put to to death i mean these are very very serious things so let's start off with treason real quick treason under the code is defined um to include things like leveling war against the united states when you owe allegiance to it or giving aid and comfort to the enemies of the united states that's treason it's crazy right 
The penalty could include death or imprisonment for a minimum of five years, also a minimum of $10,000 in fines, and that's just a minimum, uh, and a lifetime bar on holding any office under the United States. That would also likely mean you'd lose any professional licenses, like if you were a lawyer. Right. So treason, you know, I think it's interesting because aiding the enemy, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That's a very loose definition, you know? Yeah, and you look you look to the cases and things like that to talk about it, but you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but you know who Dennis Rodman is, the basketball player? I do not. Dennis Rodman was um, pretty, pretty well known. He was in the Michael Jordan era. Uh, I'm not the biggest basketball fan in the world, but, but he was a character. He used to dye his hair, was outlandish, outspoken, and I'm fairly certain, you're going to have to fact check me, but I'm fairly certain that he went over to North Korea and met with, I think it was Kim Jong, I don't remember if it was Il or Un or, or whether it was his, the current guy's father, right. but he went over there and met with them. Now, North Korea, we don't have open relationships with them. Yeah. So... I wonder... Why did he meet with them? Uh, they really like him over there. Really? Is yeah. that why? I don't understand. They were just fans? They were super huge fans, and I think that he really craved attention. But I don't I don't know... Look, one of, the, one of the, the things was like a peacekeeping mission that Dennis Rodman decided to embark on. Um, I, for whatever... What? Yes, for whatever reason, he is fascinated... <laughs> With North Korea. Um, like, here's a here's an example of, let's see, when is this article? This article is from 2018. A brief guide to Dennis Rodman's long, weird history in North Korea. The original bad boy of basketball has been making a not-so-quiet impact on North Korean relationships with the United States since 2013. Traveling to the isolated nation to meet with its oppressive leader and noted basketball fan. So... Kim Jong-un is a super huge Dennis Rodman fan. Really? Yeah, in the beginning, Rodman wholeheartedly rejected the role of foreign emissary, telling reporters pointedly, I'm not a diplomat. But it looks like a diplomat, or he looks like a diplomat, tweets like a diplomat, so is he a diplomat? Uh, His trips have been sponsored by a media company, an online gambling outfit, most recently a marijuana cryptocurrency company. Um... He's even broken news confirming that the Kims had a baby girl. And he's even been credited for the release of an American prisoner. Rodman, uh, who, I don't know, he's just uncontrollable, is over there doing all this stuff. Um, now, the question that I would ask is, does this constitute treason in any way? I don't know. Did he aid the enemy? Right. Well, no, I don't think so. And I don't think it's treason, but... I wonder if any of his supporting cast said to him, hey, you've got to be really careful with this because we're not necessarily enemies. We're not at war. So, you know, North Korea is not an enemy per se. But... um, I've never heard of this. This is the first time that I've heard any of this story. Oh, yeah. You could be lying to me. I'm not looking up. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) But you know what... I think it leads to bigger questions. And again, now that we're just going to just hypothesize here, right? Okay. So imagine 
with with the world so closely grouped together now through technology, okay. the internet and things like that, imagine if there was a larger scale war. You know how, for example, Russia and Ukraine right This now, isn't a fun, you know, hypothetical. No, it's, we're talking about treason and sedition. But remember, um, you know, let, let's go back to my example, right? What if, for example, you had a war develop, a world war? Now that we're all so tightly knit, it's like I, I would argue that back in World War One, World War Two, I would argue that it was far more difficult to communicate with people on the outside due to the lack of technology. You yes. had telephones, maybe telegraph, things like that. But nowadays, we can FaceTime somebody in South Korea. We can, you know. Skype somebody in Afghanistan. There's, there's, the world has, has become smaller. So I could imagine, imagine, I'm saying, a time where if we were at war, you know, let's say that there was a group of people that were Russians in the United States. And, you know, going back to World War II, remember what they did to the Japanese Americans? When they round them all up. And they put them in in detention camps in the United States. Would we be a people who are going to aid people in this country that were considered the enemy? And could an oppressive government call it treason? I I do not know. This is a very very uh, unfun hypothetical because I feel like any answer I give here is wrong. No, it's just when you when you think about. I don't think they do the same thing. If we if we there was a war with Ukraine and Russia, and we sided with Ukraine, I don't think that. Um, or uh, what am I talking about? If there was a war with Russia, I don't think that they you know, do the same thing with the Russian Americans. No, I but I'm I'm talking hypothetically, and when you can when you look at things like V for Vendetta, you know when you look at these dystopian movies. Yes. Look, <clears throat> if you go back to. The 1960s, when Captain Kirk flipped open. Oh my his, gosh, this is the most all over the place hold podcast on, we've ever done. Hold on. When Captain Kirk flips open his communicator. Yes. And he goes, beep, 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 right? Yes. And he's like, Scotty, beam me up, right? That's right. Who would have thought that in the late 90s, everybody would have flip phones? True. Okay. True. And all these personal communication devices. But we don't have and beam uppers. Wait a minute. I just saw a Disney YouTuber the other night pay 20 bucks to get a robot in Las Vegas to make him a mixed drink. I I don't think I don't think it works like that. It I don't does. Think we're gonna... I saw it. Hold on. So my point here is if technology has evolved, we've talked about Battlestar Galactica on this show. We've talked about robots coming to life. We've talked about a robot revolution. All kinds of things could happen. Could we enter a dystopian future? Could it be a reality where we are faced with a government that says you've committed treason because you've taken a side that we don't agree with? Just a thought. Just a thought. This is the most insane. I don't know how to respond to this. It's, I have no idea. I don't think we're going to go to the dystopian future. What about our reality television shows? I think, if anything, the Star Trek devices didn't predict those kinds of things. Instead, they are 
you know, what almost inspired them. Like, they guided so that they were technology. Cop, you think that, that... I think that someone looked... And, you know, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the communicators, I'm sure people, they didn't predict it. You know what I mean? It's not like they said, hey, you know, these flip phones will come out in 20 years. They had communicator technology that looked kind of like a flip phone, and it ended up coming out. You know, we don't have beam uppers. We don't have phasers. Uh, so... I guess the answer is no, I don't think we're going to go into a dystopian future. You don't think in 100 years it's possible? Well, sure. I mean, I think there's there's elements that are, you know, bad about the world and all that. But I don't think we're going to go into like a a V for Vendetta post-nuclear apocalypse. You know, you're not allowed to think anything world. No. Hopefully not. Or the Empire, you know. Locking me up in the in the, in the hot coal jail. Just wait till Elon Musk's robot force takes effect. You never know. I don't think so. Look, we're talking about treason, sedition, and something else here on this show. Subversive activity. So we're just we're, we're gonna just bring yes, it all the in. Subversive activity was us subverting your expectations <laughs> by talking about all kinds of things today. No, we're talking about treason. We're talking about these okay. crimes, and we're you know tying them into Guy Fox. It's all relevant. Yeah. So anyway. So you've got treason, which is the most um, famous, one of the most well-known. But there's also things like rebellion or insurrection. Uh, inciting or assisting a rebellion against the United States or giving okay. comfort to those who incite or insurrect. Now, now hold let, on. We could bring up Star Wars no, here. We could bring up so many. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring up something that's even more relevant. All right. I'm going to bring up our founding fathers and the Boston Tea Party. That's what I'm going to yeah, bring up. So much. That's for, a rebellion. That's right. Why? And they, those rebellers decided that we're not allowed to rebel. That sounds a bit contradictory, you know? Should you rebel Hypocrites. against the rebellion? Hypocrites. They were like, oh, we're going to rebel against Britain. But no, you can't rebel against us. Come on. All right. Make no, it fair. This is so under under British law. Yes. The colonists that now, is rebelled. This, is, this, is this real British no, law this or real. for vendetta no, this is, British no, law? No, this is real. Under British law at okay. the time. Okay. The colonists were considered to be committing treason. They right. were engaged in treason, yes. sedition, and subversive activities. So here are you our our country was built on treason and No, it's true. Treason and sedition. <laughs> what a statement you've just it's made. It's true. I look, <laughs> am I glad? A hundred percent. Treason all the way because I'm very oh happy with the freedoms that we have in this country. This 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 is I I don't think you should take advice from this episode. But well, you are off the rails. Listen, I am I am not encouraging treason, sedition, or any submersive activities. I am telling you, no, don't do that. It's a bad idea. But the history of treason it. Treason all the way. Yeah, that sounds like you're telling people not no, no. to treason. Treason eyes. It is fascinating. Seriously fascinating to look at the laws that concern these things and the historical components behind it. I mean, Guy Fawkes is a real historical event. Obviously, yes, we we've joked a little bit about you know Star Wars, and but there's a connection to at least to the to the theatrical components of it. But I mean, we're talking about our country. Our country was born out of rebellion, and again, true. I'm I'm glad that it happened, but rebellion or insurrection in in where we are right now that's a, a federal crime that you would not want to be 
you know, accused of. Another one is seditious conspiracy. If two or more people in the U.S. conspire to overthrow, destroy, or oppose the U.S. government by force or to prevent the application of the law or to take property of the U.S. contrary to uh, authority, they should be imprisoned for up to 20 years. When I think of protest, I think of Mahatma Gandhi. I think of Martin Luther King Jr. I think of the peaceful protests you know, you want to look at somebody historical and, and, and see how do you protest in a way that does not turn into sedition. I mean, you can't look any farther than Martin Luther King Jr. He was a nonviolent protester. Gandhi, nonviolent protester. These people had massive impacts on the world that we live in today, and they did their protest. They protested in a peaceful way not in what we've seen over the last few years in this country so i'm not saying you should run out and get your guy fox mask and prepare for a government overthrow so that you can be you know v for vendetta but it's not out of of, of the question that things could very rapidly spiral out of control so crazy but these are some of the current laws and and they're very serious now you know, when you think about this, and we've talked about some people, let's think about some real life. Remember I told you like history? Real life people yes. that were convicted of treason. And I'm going to start with Philip Virgil. Okay. Or Philip Vigil. I think it's pronounced Vigil. And John Mitchell. They were convicted of treason and sentenced to hanging, but were pardoned by George Washington. Huh. Like the George Washington. The George Washington. The George Washington. Was it for treason that he pardoned them for? Yeah. Yeah, so he gets what I'm saying, right? We did treason, but you can't treason us. That's ridiculous. All right. All right, so he, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole details of it, but he pardoned them. Um, also, we, we live in New Jersey, right? New Jersey. Yep. Famous for Aaron Burr. Did you yes. know that we were famous for Aaron Burr? Yeah, I did. Did you know there's a commercial about him? Is it about the winter? No, it's not about the winter. Did he stand there going, brr. No, that's no. a different commercial. Oh, I haven't seen this one. Coat. Oh. Isn't Aaron Burr the one who fought, uh, what's his name? You're so close. Aaron Burr, he shot the other guy, or he got shot. I, there was a shoot fight with, uh, <laughs> was it Alex, yeah. Alexander Hamilton? Yes. Yes. There was a shoot fight. <laughs> I don't remember. A duel. <laughs> one, two, three, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and there was the commercial about him where the guy is eating peanut butter and he couldn't say his name. Yeah, well, anyway, Aaron Burr was an American politician and lawyer, believe it or not, who served as the third vice president of the United States. And his entire legacy is essentially defined by his personal conflict with Alexander Hamilton. So Burr killed Hamilton in a duel in 1804. We should so. bring back duels. <laughs> do you remember The Office? Yes. Were they duel? Did they duel? No. What did he challenge them to? But he challenged, didn't Dwight challenge somebody to a duel? No. For Angela? I don't remember. Didn't they fight in the parking lot? Yeah. Maybe I just You don't, don't know what you're duel. talking about. You made that up. You made that up. whole thing up. No. I think they should bring duels back. Really? You think you should just, whoever has duel the best aim? Yeah, that's right. You'd have to adjust the weaponry you were using, weaponry you were using, though. You couldn't have, True. like, an no, AR-15. No, no, no. We'd have to have the old school <laughs> dueling, dueling pistols in the case. We open One it shot. up. One shot. That's right. One shot, yep. one kill. Yep. All right, so anyway. I'm obviously being uh, facetious in case you couldn't grasp it. No, I've grasped it. Thank you. Um, 
So anyway, we're talking. Now you've made me lose my my uh, train of thought here with respect to what I was talking about. Um, but yeah, there's another case, you know, um, with with treason because Aaron Burr was acquitted of treason and then burned in 1807. Huh. Burned in effigy. Voluntarily exiled himself for the United to the United Kingdom for five years. Crazy, interesting. Uh, another one. Let's go to another one. Do you have any? Uh, I do not. All right, I'm going to give you another one then. All right. So Sorry let's let's move into. You. Okay. How about Herbert John Bergman, convicted of treason in 1949 during World War II for spreading Nazi propaganda and sentenced to six to twenty years in prison. Right now, look, that's a more modern look at this. I mean, you can see during World War II, somebody who, you know, maybe, right, this is where the argument comes in, right? So this guy says, hey, I'm, I'm spreading Nazi propaganda, but it's my freedom to do that. And then we look at the laws of the United States and we say, wait a minute, you're free to say whatever you want, except if you speak out against the United States. Right. You know? So it's it's very interesting from a legal standpoint, from from a historical standpoint, um, another one, Mildred Gillers, who was known as Axis Sally, convicted of treason on March 8th, 1949, served 12 years in prison. Huh, it's crazy, but it's it's very interesting. So anyway, to kind of bring this all together, to tie this all up, this episode, it's yeah, a little little off the rails, but the point of this episode was to focus on, you know, Guy Fawkes Day and what that actually means, you know, for us in the United States and talk about the the, the treason, sedition, and those laws that, that people don't often think about. I mean, we talk about traffic laws all the time. We talk about partnership laws and other things like that. But when you think about when when we as a people think about treason and sedition, I, I think that it's more of a movie. Like if uh, one of my my favorite um, movies, I, I know you don't like this movie, is um, Last of the Mohicans. My Last of the Mohicans was boring. The book was great. The movie was good, and and you know there was one scene in there where, um, I I think it was the Daniel Day Lewis character. I think he was was he Chingach Cook? Can't remember what. Uh, no, no, I don't no. remember what his He's name was. Nathaniel. No, now I don't remember his name. Anyway, his character um, confronts outside of Fort William Henry, the British commander at the time, and he says, "I'll have you hanged for uh, sedition." And you know, just mm -hmm. so when I think of treason and sedition, my mind automatically goes to movies, but it's real. The real laws, real penalties, and real people have been really convicted of of treason and sedition so i don't know interesting topic you don't you don't find this too interesting no i find it very interesting you don't you don't like guy fox you don't think i this is i think guy fox is fascinating fascinating yeah yep and v for vendetta did you at least like that movie i did like the movie all right we know that you like thanksgiving so that i do all right you are right now in a tryptophan projected stupor i can see it on your face your <laughs> eyes are glazed over you haven't even had turkey you just thought about it but uh that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. A little bit different. Went off the rails a little bit, but we a still had bit. some fun. Yes. Um, talked about some interesting things. So That's right. Let us know what you think about this episode. You know, just uh, 
Make sure you check us out on social media. We're do that, yeah. Instagram and Facebook and everywhere, too. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do so. We've got a lot of interesting episodes coming up in November, even more interesting than this one, so stay tuned. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.